It's a toe. Ruth was peering into the glass jar on the counter of the Plymouth Frock Dress Shop. It was one day before the Finney Fog Festival kickoff, and Ruth found herself enduring another fitting for her costume. Maud snorted. How would a toe find its way to the middle of the golf course? It's not a golf course. It's a putting green. And Alva says that's where he found it. He brought it here because he didn't know what else to do. Looking into the gargantuan mirror on the shop wall, Ruth added testily, I know a toe when I see one. Hold still, Ruth, honey, said Flo from her position on the floor as she pinned some fluttery silver gauze to the back of Ruth's tunic. Ruth grimaced. The silver tights were giving her a wedgie. Moreover, the putty gray discs that sandwiched her in between did nothing to complement her pasty complexion, wide shoulders, and robust bottom. Has anyone filed a report with the police? You mean a missing toe report? Ruth peered at the gray bulb in the jar. The nail was longish and yellow, and a sprig of black hair sprouted just above the severed end. I presume that the toe belongs to someone who wasn't thrilled to lose it. Maybe there's a body around somewhere to match, Maud said. That's what Alva has been blabbering about anyway. And for once, I agree with the nutcase. Don't even kid about that. The village of Finney, California might appear to be a tranquil beach getaway. But underneath, Ruth knew, all kinds of passion simmered in a vigorously bubbling broth. Jack is on his way here. He said to leave it where it is and keep our hands off. The Jack in question was Jack Denny, Finney police detective. As if we would take the disgusting thing out of the jar, Maud sniffed. She rubbed the mole on her temple thoughtfully. I can't believe Alva brought it here anyway. What in the world gets into him? Maud's four-foot-eight frame stood ramrod straight her vertebrae as steely as her constitution. Even her hair was determined, defiantly maintaining its black color in the face of five decades of living. Ruth was again amazed that someone so unyielding had been a contortionist for the circus. Ruth had actually seen photos of the mighty Maud Stone neatly folded in half and stuffed into a vegetable crate. Florence Hodges rose from her kneeling position and rolled up her tape measure. He said he thought a squirrel might eat it and whoever lost it would need to get an artificial toe. It was thoughtful, actually. She unfurled a pink Kleenex to wipe the patina of sweat that sparkled on her round face and dampened her red hair. The rest of Flo was round, too, and as pliable as a jelly donut. That man wouldn't know thoughtful if it ran him over, Maud huffed. Just because you have issues with Alva doesn't make him a bad person. Flo pointed to the toe. Looks a bit rough. Could have used some moisturizer, I'd say. By the way, have you tried the new hydrating lotion at Poussin's? It really soothed my skin after I dug up my potatoes. I told you it was too early to dig them up, Maud said. They're going to be bitter. Mr. Hodges seems to like them just fine. Flo calmly pulled her hiked-up pants back down over her meaty calves. 
Mr. Hodges would eat anything you put in front of him, including the tablecloth. That's because he loves me and appreciates my cooking, Flo said mildly. And he's never eaten a tablecloth. Once he swallowed a pink birthday candle, but that was purely by mistake. She attempted to gently cram a circle of tinsel onto Ruth's flyaway hair. Tearing her eyes away from the orphaned toe and her ears from the arguing women, Ruth surveyed her appearance in the mirror again. I look like a giant silver hubcap, she said. The huge cardboard discs she wore on her front and rear were spray-painted silver and festooned with shiny swaths of metallic satin.